Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. The right to say goodbye. Wanting to be with someone you love at the end of their life is one of the deepest human instincts. Coronavirus, of course, has made this much more difficult. Donald Trump takes aim at the World Health Organization. Had the WHO done its job, the outbreak could have been contained at its source with very little death. And why you're having strange dreams in lockdown. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Close relatives will be able to say goodbye to their loved ones as they die from coronavirus. The health secretary confirmed the measure as part of a plan aimed at combating the spread of the virus in care homes. It follows criticism that the government had abandoned one of the most vulnerable sectors of society. It comes as Scotland confirmed a quarter of its deaths involving coronavirus have taken place in care homes. Those running the homes in England have accused the government of forgetting staff and the elderly, citing in inadequate stocks of personal protective equipment and a lack of testing. But today, Mr Hancock swapped his usual NHS badge for a social care badge and insisted all staff and residents with symptoms would be tested. So far, just over 4,000 care home staff have been referred for tests, out of almost 700,000. The Telegraph's associate editor, Camilla Tomini, says the move is much anticipated. For some weeks now, those working in social care have felt somewhat neglected by the government's response to COVID-19. So Health Secretary Matt Hancock's announcement that social care workers should be put on a par with those working for the NHS and even be given a special badge so that they get special treatment in supermarkets uh, is certainly going to be welcomed. For a long time, care providers have argued that their staff are just as much on the front line as those working in hospitals. Equally, the testing for staff and indeed residents is going to be a hugely welcome move. Care providers have long argued that they are unable to operate a fully-fledged workforce because so many of their staff are having to self-isolate with coughs and colds that might not be anything to do with COVID-19. The test for residents is also significant, not just for those coming out of hospital, but equally those in care homes. Care home providers need to know whether they have to bury a nurse individual residents. In larger homes, that might be able to happen within the home or within the room in the home. But in other establishments, if one person gets COVID-19, as we have tragically seen with some care homes across the country, then the entire residency appears to be at risk of catching it. 
Equally, the statement about end-of-life care and the idea that relatives must be be able to be alongside their loved ones is a significant move from the minister, basically saying that perhaps there has been an over-interpretation of some of the restrictions. The idea that people should die alone in hospital beds or indeed in care homes seems to be something that the government never intended. And that move to suggest that relatives can be with loved ones seems to be taking us in the step of a direction of loosening the restrictions eventually once we see that curve beginning to flatten. Northern Ireland's coronavirus lockdown is to be extended until at least the 9th of May. Deputy First Minister Michelle O'Neill warned the country against complacency as another six coronavirus patients died in hospital, bringing the total number of deaths in Northern Ireland to 140. The UK announced a total of 761 deaths in hospitals on Wednesday. Chief Scientific Officer Chris Whitty said the country is likely to be approaching the peak of its outbreak. Our view is that it's probably reaching the peak uh, overall, and that's what the flattening shows. I think um, it's important, and I'm saying this because uh, new data will come out presumably tomorrow, my expectation would be that the number of deaths may well go up because there has been in every... After every uh, weekend, we see a dip over the weekend and for the two days afterwards and then an increase as we catch up with the numbers. And after a long four-day four weekend, there may well be a bounce up tomorrow. So let's not, I think it's very important we don't get to the point where we say, look at the numbers of deaths, that means we've passed the peak. One of the ways the UK is expected to start easing its lockdown once the peak has passed is through the contact tracing app being developed by the NHS. It's working with Apple and Google on a programme that'll use Bluetooth to tell people who've come into contact with the virus to self-isolate. But an app like this relies on widespread participation. And The Telegraph's technology reporter Olivia Rudgard says there's a risk the technology won't reach those who need it most. If you think about the people who are most vulnerable to this, it's less likely that they would have maybe access to a smartphone. That goes both for elderly people and also for, you know, people in lower socioeconomic groups. And yeah, equally, I think there is a big question mark over if you're someone who's engaged with the policy, if you're someone who is on board with what the government is doing and you want to kind of participate and show willing, you're probably more likely to be following the rules and you're maybe also more likely to be downloading with and engaging with something like this. So there's a real risk that we kind of don't pick up the people who we would most benefit from tracking. I think there's also an element of just the overall take-up numbers. I read that you need 50% take-up really for this to be effective. And in Singapore, where you know people are much more likely to kind of do what the government says, the take-up there has only been 20%. So it's, it's a real challenge for us in the UK to get anywhere near those numbers. Now, Apple and Google are looking at potentially baking this into their operating system as a kind of second wave. So that takes away the need for someone to kind of proactively go and download an app. However, you still need to have access to that technology and you still kind of need to be someone who is carrying your phone around with you at all times. And I think that those are definitely going to still be challenges even at that stage. If you'd like to know more about how other countries have relaxed their lockdown and how the UK compares, Daniel Capuro from our political team will be holding a live Q&A on just that at 1pm on Thursday. He really does know his stuff, so take advantage and ask whatever you'd like. I'll put details of how to join that in the show notes to this episode. The World Health Organization says it regrets Donald Trump's pause on funds to the body. The president accused the WHO of severely mismanaging its response to the outbreak and said it had bowed to China. 
Had the WHO done its job to get medical experts into China to objectively assess the situation on the ground and to call out China's lack of transparency, the outbreak could have been contained at its source with very little death, very little death, and certainly very little death by comparison. This would have saved thousands of lives and avoided worldwide economic damage. Instead, the WHO willingly took China's assurances to face value, and they took it just at face value. The U.S. is the WHO's largest single funder and gave it more than $400 million in 2019. And today, the director general of the WHO said it was reviewing the cut's impact. WHO works to improve the health of many of the world's poorest and most vulnerable people. And we'll work with our partners to fill any financial gaps we face and to ensure our work continues uninterrupted. A decision on whether the United States resumes funding will be made after a review by the US government, which could last up to three months. Hospitals in Wuhan in China, the epicentre of the outbreak, are overwhelmed, but not with coronavirus patients. Medical staff are rushing to care for non-virus patients, many of whom have become severely ill as a consequence of treatment delayed whilst the city was on lockdown. It's raising questions about whether other countries could see the same phenomenon after their lockdowns are lifted. But experts say countries with greater intensive care capacity are better equipped to handle an emergency outbreak alongside ongoing medical issues. And the UK has more than double the number of critical care beds per 100,000 people than China. We're living through a unique, bizarre and troubling period of modern history. And while the days are unusual, for some, the nights are even stranger. Listeners, friends and colleagues have all got in touch to tell me about the strange dreams they're experiencing over the lockdown. Many of them preface their observation with, is it just me? Or, well, I think it's safe to say it's not just you. I've started watching Game of Thrones in quarantine and it's starting to transcend into my dreams. Last night I had to sail a boat to flush out a demon from a cave. I dreamt that after Boris Johnson left hospital, he came to my house. He looked very exhausted. And he came and everything was OK till I realised I didn't have enough room for all his police and entourage. And I, I had to move out and sleep in a tent in the lane. I keep dreaming that I'm back at school and I've realised that I haven't prepared for my French oral and it's today. And I have to pick a topic to talk about and I choose the coronavirus and I start talking and my teacher looks extremely confused. And in the dream, I realise that's because the pandemic has not happened yet. I'm joined by Dr Guy Meadows, Clinical Director of the Sleep School. Dr Meadows, we've heard there from lots of people who've had strange dreams from the random and the weird to the frankly just plain disturbing. Is this something you're hearing about anecdotally as the country stays largely indoors? Absolutely. And it's it's one of the most fascinating things coming from the lockdown period is that people are reporting much more intense, vivid dreaming. And the reason for this is most likely be because most of us cut our sleep short, especially in the morning, because we'll have to get up to work. And, and, you know, we're typically on trains or, you know, sort of cars, you know, we're commuting instead of actually sleeping. And so 
as you sleep longer, the duration of your REM cycle gets longer. And REM is where we do the bulk of our dreaming. So what people are probably doing is they're probably sleeping a little bit longer, so getting longer REM periods. And so experiencing more vivid uh, and intense dreaming periods, which they've never experienced before. What can listeners do if they are experiencing that, that unrefreshing, disturbed sleep or if they simply can't get to sleep at all? So the main thing to focus on is the fact that our minds are racing, either with sort of, you know, lots of uh, busy thoughts or just lots of worries and anxiety. The typical response to that is to try and suppress, block, avoid, get rid of. But we all know, we've all been there. The more you try to do that, well, the stronger and more numerous they become. So we use something called acceptance and commitment therapy, which teaches you to change the way you relate to the thoughts. So the first thing is to just mindfully notice them. So you might be paying attention to the movement of your breath. Your mind then wanders off into a thought. You notice that it's wandered and you return your attention back to your breath. So you're learning how to be willing to have them. And then also label your thoughts. Give them shorthand names. So it might be the virus thought, the health thought, the finance thought, uh, the family thought, etc. And you can then say to yourself, you know, I'm noticing my mind giving me the health thought. And it means by saying that you are altering the context around the thought. You are more able to let it go and just come back to resting in bed, which hopefully will allow sleep to emerge. If you're struggling to sleep, the Sleep School has recorded a seven day calming bedtime meditation, which is free to access. I'll put the link in the show notes. If you have a question you'd like us to answer or a topic you think we should address, email me. It's coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis, and I'll be back on Thursday evening with your next update. In the meantime, you can access all of our online coverage of the pandemic, including analysis from all of the journalists you've heard today, completely free for 30 days. Go to telegraph.co.uk slash audio. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.